Hey, you guys. Good morning. It's really good to be here. Kind of strange for me to be up here, but I'm excited, looking forward to um, what the Lord's going to do. So uh, I want to start with a question. Is anyone here at the exact point in life where you thought that you would be? You've dreamed and dreamed, and I'm going to be exactly here at this point right now. Anyone? No. Okay. Dear. <laughs> All right. We got to chat because you have some secrets that I need to know. Um, but for the rest of us, yeah, me too. I don't, I am definitely not where I thought that I was, um, going to be, but for as long as I can remember, I have prayed and asked the Lord that my life would be so evident of his hand and his goodness in every season of my life that would be undeniable that the Lord was, um, living inside of me, working in me, and that he did it and not me. Um, In 2018, life as I knew it kind of flipped upside down in more ways than one. I was in a really terrible rollover car accident that kind of drastically changed the trajectory of my life. Whether you're prophetic or not, you might believe that's prophetic because vehicles, you know, represent ministry. But at that time, the direction where I was headed was radically changed. I spent about a year physically healing, broken bones, bruised, you know, ribs dislocated, lots of horrible things. And in that year of brokenness and healing, Jesus and I had a lot of heart-to-hearts because I was like, come on now, I did all of this stuff right, like, I don't understand. I also don't understand why I'm still alive because that was terrible and I shouldn't be. So if we don't believe in God miracles, living proof. Um, (laughs) so, but not only was I healing physically, I was also healing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in that time as I started to surrender my hopes and dreams of pursuing medical school, something I had worked my whole life for, um, and serving in missions, and started to just give all of the hurts and the disappointments and the trauma and the wounds to Jesus, because I couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I said, you know what, God, if, if I'm still here for a reason, there must be a purpose, and whatever it is, I want my life, right, to be so evident of your hand and your goodness. So as I started to do that, I just sensed him so kindly and graciously pick me up, welcome me into a place of resting and abiding, and just a really, really beautiful season of knowing the sweetness and the gentleness of the Lord as he puts picks up all those broken, shattered pieces and puts them back together and says, I have something better for you if you'll just believe me. So in doing so, I really felt that the Lord had asked me to be available. And I was like, cool word. Yeah, I'm available. I'm available to go to med school, right? I did all the things. I applied. We're good. Let's go. No. Um, he said, I want you, Madison, to live in a posture of availability. And what does that mean? I want you to be available to my calling, to my leading, to my prompting, to everything I ask you to do. Just be available, and I'll provide the rest. So I said, I think I could do that because, you know, the Bible says that you do greater and immeasurably wonderful more things than I could have ever dreamed of. So let's see what this Um, does for us. And in spirit of availability, it took me here to Charlotte in the fall of 2019. And then um, I spent about half of the year of 2020 in the Philippines serving with women and children survivors of human trafficking. It was a beautiful season. Um, A little wild. Talk about being available in the middle of a pandemic to go to the other side of the planet and love on some people. It was great. It was 
yeah, I don't know what to say besides thank you, COVID, and thank you, 2020. Um, but shortly after coming back, I was given the opportunity to kind of step into a role here at MCC and serve with kids and just kind of look at how can we restart the program, what can we do, and I... I immediately denied probably three or four times, and David and Lois graciously kept asking very kindly, and I said, you know what, finally, I think I'll pray about it. Wrong answer, I was not being available, but it's okay. Because um, often you hear the stories of like lawyers and doctors and engineers and business people leave their careers to walk into full-time ministry, and I was like, great for you, high five, like, we need you, everyone needs you, great, not for me, never will that happen in my life, no, well, don't say never, because here we are, <laughs> and right, like, never in a million years would I ever think I'd be standing here today, never in a million years would I think that I would be in full-time ministry, but here I am, because I chose to be available I chose to be willing, and I chose to be obedient what the Lord was asking me to do. And he's laughing, and so am I. Um, kids have always had a really special place in my heart for as long as I can remember. But there's something just so captivating about kids in childlikeness and the joy and the life that they bring to a room, to your home, just to the world. Um, people often ask me why I'm so good with kids, and honestly, I don't know. I just think it's kind of natural. Um, but I do believe that it's a supernatural gift that the Lord really innately wired within me, and I'm grateful because, honestly, kids are the best place to be. And they just see Jesus in such a beautiful way that, like, we really miss out on as adults, and we go through life, and we're like, wait, what was it like to be childlike and see Jesus for the first time? And so they just see the world with such wonder and excitement. And I think, honestly, we could all use a little bit more of that in our lives. Um, but ultimately, I think that it comes from such a deep desire and a place for me that I want to champion people and walk life with them into a place where they are experiencing the freedom and the fullness that Jesus came and died for us to know back to Eden, back to the garden, back to a place where we could just come and be, be with God, talk with God, walk with God, sit with God, gaze upon his beauty, and know really what, what is like how simplicity, the pleasure of like sitting with the Lord and enjoying his company. When do we do that in life? Like we don't, we're busy, we miss out on that, and kids are really good at sitting in that. Um, and I just believe that it's so important to walk this journey with kids so that they can learn to celebrate his goodness. They can learn to experience his presence and know it for themselves, and then they know their identity and grow boldly in that, and, it, and they might not be swayed so much. So in all that, like, right, we were created on purpose, by purpose, for a really specific purpose. God intricately designed and wove us all together where his beloved, uniquely made in the image of God, fully known and fully loved. And I think if we can catch wind of that and hold on to it really tight and move forward in that, it will change the way that we see ourselves. It changes the way that we see and we interpret the world. And it changes the way that we know God, right? You can know God forever. I knew God, but I never knew God here. And I think that I always grew up loving Jesus. And if I could go back and relive that, I would tell that little girl, hey, you're going to walk through some really hard things, and it's going to be tough, but it's going to be okay because Jesus is standing right here with you, and he's holding your hand, and I would tell that little girl the better word that God would speak over her. This doesn't define you. 
You're made in my image. You're loved. You're called. You're chosen. You matter. And, you know, maybe if, if that little girl knew all those things and her head and heart was in alignment with what the Lord really spe- speaks over her, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, and, you know, I probably, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't know all of those things. So I'm grateful for those seasons. But it was hard, and I'm so glad that I knew Jesus and I had Jesus to walk that with me. And I think, honestly, that that's the reason that I'm so passionate about making sure that people know the way, the truth, and the life. And beyond that, like, if we can impart that in our kids and we can equip them now at such a really young age to be fearless in the pursuit of Jesus, to hear, to know, and obey his voice, to have big faith over fear, to catch on to miracles, to pray for big things, and to just really, like, know the authority they have to, like, pull heaven down to earth, I think that it would radically change a generation to boldly stand for the gospel and defend their faith because to them it's personal. It's a relational communion with the Father, with the creator of the universe, the author and perfecter of their faith who defines them, not the world. And if those kids now at such a little age know who they are and whose they are, I bet they'll be more likely to stand really firm in their faith and identif- in their identity in Christ and less likely to be swayed and bend with the, what culture is telling them who or what they should be. And that really matters, you guys. Like, it really matters. If we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and learn to navigate life through such a childlike posture of faith, I think, honestly, we probably wouldn't be so deceived and we maybe wouldn't have ended up in a lot of ways where we're at. So we have such a really precious opportunity to champion this generation of kids for them to stand up for God and take holy risks. And we need to steward that well. Whether you're a parent or not, you play a part in this, and it really matters. I don't have any kids. I'm like, God, why would you call me? I'm not a teacher. I don't go to seminary. I don't do all these things. It doesn't matter. Who are you? Child of God. You can do that. So you play a part in this because what we're doing here is developing world changers who are shaping eternity. We are training, raising, equipping, empowering, encouraging those little kids, all my friends in here, to become world changers who will quite literally shape the face of eternity. There's a lot on the line. That's a, that's a heavy thing to think about. It's a big cost. It's a lot of responsibility. And that's why I take this job so seriously. Because we need to guard the good deposit that the Lord has entrusted us with. We need to be faithful in the small things with the small people. Steward them well, for much will be given, for they are inheriting the kingdom. Are they in your homes, in your schools, in your communities? Eternity is on the line. We can't wait. So that's why um, at Kids at MCC, our heart really, right, we're a church, a family church, and it matters that our kids are involved in all of things, and it matters that our parents and our friends and everyone here is involved, and so we are creating an environment for kids to encounter God's presence, a space where they can see and celebrate his goodness, walk confidently in their identities as they grow boldly in their faith, and reflect the radiance of Jesus. We want to equip and empower our kids to be salt and light, to influence their families and friends, to know and experience the heart of the Father in tangible ways at home, in school, and beyond. So that's why in Kids at MCC, we believe 
that the gospel changes everything, right? If we don't know that, we're in big, big trouble. The gospel changes everything. We also believe that today matters for eternity. What you do today matters for eternity. And we believe that I, Madison, in the expression of Jesus, you, Lois, are the expression of Jesus. Everyone in this room is an expression of Jesus that if you were not existing, we would be missing out on. If you weren't in this room, we would miss out on that. It's a lot, right? It's good stuff. So um, I wouldn't be here today without you guys. Honestly, I could do all the work in the world, and it wouldn't function if I didn't have you. So I just want to take a moment to thank you guys who have faithfully, diligently served in the last year. Max and Catherine, Whitney and EJ, David and Laura, Grant and Courtney, Matt and Amy, who are serving right now, Robert and Angela, Jenny and Nilo, Wilson and Kaylin, Sherry, Sammy, Gabby and Christy, Dale and Janice, Elijah and Ashley, Yasmin and Elaine, David and Lola, David and Polly, Tessa and Raina, Lynn, Addison, Rihanna, Caroline, Megan, Sandy and Paige, Grace, Jewel, Debbie, Bill, Jim, Dustin and Tabitha, Taylor, Carrie, and their two boys, Gavin and Thad, Rose and Tyler, Andrew and Claire, David and Lois, and Jana. Not here, but <laughs> she, yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. That round of applause is for you because honestly, like, we would not be here today without you. So enough about that. Um, we're going to do the fun stuff, and I'll invite all my big kid friends up to the stage. We're going to tell a story. And we are going to tell our mom and dad and our friends what it's like for us to go to big kids. Right, Logan? Is it really fun? Yeah. Um, could you maybe help? All right. Give me a second. Okay, so big kids, we like to tell stories, right? Come on, come on. We like to act out skits, and we've been doing this for a while, so we're going we're gonna to learn a new one. Who else is in here? Um, where's Emma? Emma, come here. Will you be Mary, the mother of Jesus? You can wear it as a scarf or on your head. Um, Gavin, will you be Jesus? You know, props are way more fun, right? Um, Gavin, you're going to be the master of the banquet, Okay. Basically, you're the DJ. Pretty fun stuff. And your prop is over here, so I'll give it to you in a minute. Clara, will you be the bride? Oh, we need another boy. Will you play two roles? Great. First, will you be the, you can be the groom, just for a minute. You guys don't have to hold hands. You can just hold the heart, okay? Okay. Isla, will you be, um, will you be a servant? Okay, who else? <laughs> Ella, will you also be a servant? Okay, who's left? Elise and Bella. That's it. You guys are going to be the disciples, okay? Just party people. Don't worry, it's going to be really great, I promise. I'll be one too, okay? All right, so if you have your Bibles, what we would normally do in Big Kids, right? You guys can just kind of stand over here. 
yeah, come here, Gavin. Come here, Clara. We would normally go on a Bible treasure hunt, and we would start today. We're in um, the book of John. Anyone know where John is? Do you remember? Old or New Testament, at least. Then, yeah, good job. So we are in John chapter 2, and why we look really so beautiful today is because we're at a wedding. Anybody been to a wedding? Fun. Okay. If you haven't been to a wedding, we'll pretend we're at a cool party. So Gavin and Clara are getting married, pretending. I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. You don't have to do it. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. So we're at a wedding, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And Jesus' mother, Mary, where's Mary? Mary was there too. And you guys were partying, we're like enjoying our time at the wedding. What would you think you'd do at a wedding? Dance? Yeah, what would your go-to dance movie, Ella? Oh, kiss! Yeah, at least the bride and groom would kiss, but we're not going to do that today. You're, I should have pulled your mom and dad. They could have been the bride and groom, huh? Um, gross, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll skip past that. We're um, at a wedding, and just think, weddings are like really fun parties, and there's usually really good food and cake and lots of drinks and fun times, so we're partying, we're having a good time. And Mary came and said, wine. so she ran over, come here, Jesus. She said, Jesus, there is no more wine. There is no more wine. And Jesus said, well, what do you want to do with me? <laughs> this exactly. Why does that matter to me? And who really knows what Jesus was thinking? Probably a lot of things. But he probably knew that he didn't want to do it yet because his time had not yet come. He literally said that. My time has not yet come. And she said, yeah, but it's kind of important, so... We don't want our friends to miss out on the wedding, right, Emma? Yeah. So she said, okay, well, go find the servants. Where are my servants? And she told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Whatever he tells you. Good job. Come here. So Jesus was like, well, what am I going to do? Because I don't have any water or any wine. Well, maybe he did have wine. So he said, I don't have anything anymore. And Jesus said to the servants, why don't you go fill those six jars, stone jars, okay? These are just glass. Back then, they were six ginormous stone jars that they used for cleaning lots of things. And he told them to fill up those jars all the way to the top. That's all he said to do. Just fill it up all the way to the top. So... What only the servants got to see was what was happening. And they were so surprised. And we don't really know exactly what it looked like, but something pretty cool like this. And so once they did that, I love beautiful job. I'll help you. It's okay. Great job. It's a little nerve-wracking, you know? Oh, yeah, just don't dump all that one out. No, 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 no. I need that one. Leave that one there. Because Jesus then told you, the servant, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, help you. Pour a little bit of it and go give it to Gavin. I mean, Logan, sorry. Logan is the master of the banquet now. We transitioned. He's no longer the, he's no longer the groom. 
And so the servants brought it, and he said, here you go. But the master of the banquet had no idea what just happened. He didn't know they were out of wine. He probably had no idea. But the servants knew that they just poured all this water into the stone, right? And the servants knew that the water was not wine anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. The water was not water anymore. (laughs) Crazy. So they said, go ahead and drink it. What is it, master of the banquet? Oh, we'll pretend it's it's actually cool. It's, it's, I'll tell you the secret later. It's delicious. Is that the best wine you've ever tasted? The best wine he's ever tasted, because we know that he hasn't actually ever had that. But he said, this is the best wine I've ever tasted. And he said, he called over the bride and groom, and he said, you guys, this matters, because he said, do you want to read it? Right here. Everyone, everyone, wine first, and then after the rest. They saved the best till now. Is that amazing? But we didn't know that this was just water that magically turned into wine. And then when the disciples heard what happened, they found out that this was the first of the, his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. And he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put his faith in him. Even though they believed. Did you believe disciples? Did you believe in Jesus? But now after you saw him do that, do you believe even more? Yeah, I think so. Pretty cool story, huh? Okay, so let me ask you. What did you notice, right? What did you guys notice in the story, Gavin? It wasn't water anymore. What Did that just happen because we snapped our fingers? No. No. What was it? It did. It was a miracle, right? Anybody else notice something? If you did, okay, Isla. Why don't, well, let's pause for a second. If you want to, go find someone in the audience and ask them what they noticed. Then come back and tell me. Okay. Isla, tell us. I noticed that that the host that I think he be- started to believe after it happened. They did start to believe. It's, it's kind of like when you actually see something happen, you believe it a little bit more. Uh-huh. Is that, how, how is that like your faith? Sometimes hard to believe in God because we don't see him. But you know he's there, right? And so when you see him do miracles, you believe in him, and he's supposed to strengthen your faith, right? Yeah. Anybody else notice anything? No? Emma? Anybody in the crowd notice anything cool? You guys, thank you. You can go back and sit down. Yeah, let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent job, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, anybody else notice anything cool? No? Okay, I noticed a lot of things, so let me tell you. 
The first thing, Jesus said, my time has not yet come. Why did that matter? He maybe knew that if he did this first public sign that he, his ministry would start and he would go to the cross. But I kind of have this feeling that he stood there and he looked at the wine or the water in his reflection and he probably looked at you. I like to think that Jesus looked at my face because I like to think that he stood there and said, you know, I don't really want to do this. And Mary probably asked him, well, if not now, then when? I don't know. I'm a procrastinator. I would have waited a long, long time. But I have a feeling that he probably stood there and he looked at that and he said, you know what, Father, not my will, but yours be done. I knew what I signed up for. And I bet that he looked that in that water and he saw his reflection and then I bet he saw your face. And so it makes me think, like, what excuses are you making up to not serve in children's ministry, right? That's what today's about. <laughs> Great. Just shameless plug. But beyond that, like, what excuses or hurts or wounds are you hanging on to that Jesus is like, please just lay it down? When are you going to let it go? Today should be the day for that. But I can't tell you, you have to be available and you have to be willing and you have to be obedient. You have to want it. And I want that for you and Jesus wants it for you. But I want you to want that for you. And I also noticed that, um, you know, Jesus didn't do that on his own. He actually told someone to do something. But beyond that, I think that almost more than him telling, he kind of invited them to be a part of it. And he said, hey, why don't you come be a part of what I'm going to do? Because this is going to wow us all, and this is going to be really cool. And why don't you fill those jars up with water? Just be a part. Come on, I'm inviting you to be a part of what I'm doing. And I think that really matters because, you know what, the secret of that, really beyond that, is that the servants were the first people to see him do a miracle and see his glory manifest on the earth. And that's really cool. And a lot of people knew that in him was in him. His mom knew that. She probably hadn't seen it. That's why she said, come on, you can do it. If not now, when? Today. Today should be the day. And so he said, servants, why don't you come be a part of this? I'm going to invite you in to the miracle. And I think that's really profound because God is the God of miracles, and he does not need us. He could do all of this on his own. He doesn't need us, but he loves us, and he made us, and he wants us to be a part of what he's doing. And so, yes, he doesn't need you. I need you. I could use all of you to fill a practical need, and I let a, read a really long list of names, but there's more. Everyone's invited. But beyond that, you know, what, where are you not serving in something else? What are you hanging on to that the Lord is like asking you? I'm inviting you to come on. Come on, do this. Trust me. I got it. You just got to pour the water. I'll do the miracle. I'll do the miracle. Will you, will you come help me? Because I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be involved. I didn't create you to come just live here and exist. I created you to be a participant, you know? He doesn't want us to just sit around. He said, come join me. I could do it all by myself. 
that I want you to be a part of this. Will you just pour the water? Will you pour the water and watch me do the rest? Good, right? Will you do the rest? And so, I, I mean, in my mind, right, I love kids, I'm passionate about kids, but there's a million excuses why I could say, I don't want to do that, I'm not qualified, I'm not equipped, I went to medical school, or almost, and, you know, I would much rather be doing that and not doing this. But I love this, I do. Because the Lord invited me to do this, and I said I was going to be willing and available, and here I am, and the Lord has worked in my life in so many ways that I think, honestly, I would have missed out on if I didn't say yes without knowing what was coming. And he just said, Madison, will you just pour the water and watch what I'm going to do? And the thing is, like, you know, people will say, well, kids ministry is not really my calling. Do you have a kid? I think it is. The Lord obviously trusts you enough to give you said child, so I think that it is your calling. (laughs) And I'm not asking you to be me and serve every single Sunday and do all these things, but I am asking you, to try, come, come taste it one time and see what it's like and see what it's going to do for your family. What it did for Grant Courtney makes me ball every time we talk about it. I'm amazed. Every time I sit here and I'm like, they're going to hate it, all these people. They're going to serve one time and they're going to walk away. This is too much. This is too stressful. And every time they said, you know what? I learned something today about Jesus that I would have missed out on if I hadn't read that story, told the story, watched the story, and told it to a kid and heard it from their perspective. Because, you know, really, kids see things so simply, and they see Jesus in a way that, like, we really miss out on. And, and Jesus says, it's in red letters, whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me and welcomes the Father. So every time you sit in a classroom and you welcome one of those kids, you're not only welcoming our sweet friend who's going to learn about who they actually are, and they're going to be in a safe place, and they're going to love, and they're going to do something fun. And if all they do that day is play, that's fine. Play is sacred. I believe that Jesus would have gone down. He invited them. The servants or the disciples said, go, 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 get them away. And he said, no, no, no. Come. And so every time you welcome a child, you literally usher in the presence of Jesus. And I think that's so beautiful. And, be, and I just, I would hate for you guys to miss out on that. But beyond, like, I just would really hate for you to miss out on what God is trying to do. And he's moving in really big ways in this place. And he wants you to be a part of it. And he's asking you, will you just pour the water? I'll do the rest. So um, I'll just close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, we just thank you for the invitation to come, to be, to exist, to walk and talk with you, to know you, God, to hear your voice, to recognize you, to obey you. Ask that you would release a boldness and an increase in faith over my friends, that they would step out on the waters and walk on the waves with you, Lord that they would have enough courage and boldness to say, you know what, I'm not really sure about that, but I think that I'll try. I'm willing, God. I've seen you move and work in people's lives in really big ways, and I don't want to miss out on that because I want to know a side of you, Father, that I've been missing out on because I 
didn't step out and partner with you. So God, I just release that over, over all my friends here today, that you just speak a better word over them, whatever they're feeling, God, whatever they're struggling with, that you would just come and have your way, Lord. And know that you're inviting us into that place of rest with you. And if we, if we fight that, we're missing out. And yeah, it, it's costly. Everything in life is costly and there's a sacrifice. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. Because honestly, who am I to say that what I'm hanging on to is not worth the cost of knowing you? Because you came and you sacrificed your life to know me. So that I could know you and spend life in eternity with you. So God, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that the gospel changes everything. We thank you that today matters for eternity. We thank you that we get to come to church and learn really cool stories and hear things that you did, Jesus. But we thank you that in those stories, I got to learn something about Jesus that I might not have noticed if I wasn't here. So, Lord, we just thank you for everyone in this room that they are the beautiful expression of Jesus. And without them, right, they are a part of this whole. And without them, we will miss out on a side of the Lord. And so, God, I just thank you for inviting me along the journey with you. I thank you for inviting my friends along the journey, God. We just, we are grateful. We are undone by your goodness. Lord, would you just bless them in their week ahead? Would you just speak a better word over them? Would you encourage us? And God, we just say, come, we welcome you here in this place. Today, later, when we leave this room and throughout our weeks, God, we know that you go before us, you're behind us, you're above and below us, and you surround us. And because your spirit lives within me, I can do big, bold, brave things. We love you, Jesus. Amen.